I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show we're like room tone <laughs> quiet quiet on set quiet on the set, set 30 everybody. seconds <laughs> 30 seconds for room tone it's very serious yeah it's a very serious production it's very serious so many so many so many damn books hello and welcome to so many damn books a blessing a curse a podcast my name is christopher and i am joined physically once again in the damn library by stacy mayan fong stacy lives in brooklyn she was born in singapore lived in indonesia and moved to the u.s to go to savannah college of art and design uh, she was working in the fan fashion industry when she began her 50 pies 50 states project and worked at four and 20 blackbirds and is here to talk about her incredible cookbook called the same as the project 50 pies 50 states stacy thank you so much for joining me hi christopher i'm so happy to be here today it is so cool to have you in the damn library to talk about your book it is such i think you might be the first cookbook author i'm the I, first cookbook author i've had on the show this is very exciting this is also this is also very exciting that we'll get into like further into the podcast about how this book came to be and how christopher was involved but yeah it's (laughs) an absolute honor to be the first cookbook well i was so excited about your cookbook and i maybe you should tell a little bit about the project so that i can explain the cocktail a little bit sure so i started this project in 2016 and i basically baked a pie for every state in America while I was applying for my green card because I thought it'd be fun to learn more about this country I've chosen to call home through pie, the most American food I could think of. And each pie I baked was based on that state's like food, fruit, or like some sort of regional cuisine. And to, you know, add another layer to it in the most like Nancy Myers, Nora Ephron, romantic grand gesture way, I gave the pie to someone I knew from that state or who was like attached to that state in some way this is the love letter to the country I've chosen to call home. I love it so much. It is such a fantastic project. And at the beginning of the book, it does, it actually starts with these pies that are sort of like that make up you that aren't related to America. And the first one is the Singapore pie that has pandan in it, which am I saying that? Yeah. Pandan. Right? Yeah. Pan, pandan. pandan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never know how to pronounce it. Um, but it's such a fascinating flavor to me. It's something that anytime I see it, in a cocktail or in any recipe, I'm, I'm like always reaching for it because I'm so like curious. So I finally was inspired. I wanted to make this pie and then make a cocktail using pandan as well. Um, so I made a pandan simple syrup and oh my gosh, first of all, I'm using pandan extract. I didn't find pandan leaves anywhere. <laughs> it's very hard. It's very hard. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I went with this extract, which is so luridly green. And it was turning... It, it Honestly, it feels like you're drinking something from Oz, like the Emerald City, the entire time that you're making things with it. I feel like the crazy part about pandan is that it's a natural color. It's a natural color that like occurs like in the world. You know, it's... Pandan is a leaf that's kind of like floral, coconutty, tropical flavors, I would say. The closest flavor I could say it is like it's is coconut, but a little grassier mm-hmm. and a little less like suntan lotion yes you know and it's like so subtle but so lovely but in its subtleness it makes up in its like vivid green color yes it's and it's so i mean you have to see the what this looks like um drinking it 
it really it's so 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 green it really looks like it would be um unnatural but apparently yes. <laughs> it isn't <laughs> uh and so i started there and i and i it's so i made a whiskey sour riff which is whiskey egg white um and then i've got lime juice then simple syrup and pandan which because if i didn't if I, I put i think i put too much of the extract in and uh so i'm i'm cutting it a little bit and then also this spirit that i'm obsessed with right now i'm obsessed with it every summer chinola which is a passion fruit liqueur i had never seen it before the bottle also is amazing it's a it's a gorgeous color it's it's real passion fruit that they used to make it and uh and it makes and this cocktail that i'm calling the singapore pie toss i've also put a little bit of so you I didn't have the um, the cream cookie, but I did ha- I did get McVitie's, so that's what's on love, the side love. with with some pandan jam that I also found when I was looking for pandan flavored things. Yeah. So that's the that's the side. So the idea is it's supposed to taste like a cocktail version of a pie. Yeah. So the pie I did for Singapore was um, it used Kongguan custard biscuits, which were these. A real, it's like basically like a Nabi- the Nabisco of Singapore, but my grandpa always had a tin of it in his house, and he basically fed me these biscuits all the time because I would talk too much, and he just needed a moment of silence. <laughs> so um, the crust is dedicated to him, and then it's a pandan custard in the center with like mangoes and then like a coconut whipped cream. So Christopher made that pie mm-hmm. into the cocktail, and he nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so delicious. I'm I'm really pleased with how this came out, and honestly, like. If, if the only thing you take from this is to go play with pandan extract or to go get a bottle of chinola, either way, like those are good paths to go yep, down. Very good. <laughs> okay. Uh, another good path to go down is to become a Patreon subscriber. I'm talking to you about this at the beginning of the show instead of the end, because I, I don't know why I always put it at the end, but I love when people support me um, at Patreon. I am trying to make extra content just for those people. I just put up an extra um, interview with Henry Hoke that was just for the podcast. And um, those people are the only ones who get that extra pages episode, which is always a little looser and people a little um, are already opened up because they've already had a drink. (laughs) So uh, join me over at the Patreon. Um, We are about to choose the next book club book. So it's a great time to join um, patreon.com slash smdb and if that doesn't sound like fun you can join for a dollar but if you don't want to spend any money and still support the show you can leave me an itunes review and now <laughs> uh, let's talk what did you buy let's celebrate uh consumerism have you bought anything fun recently So I was just in Delaware for um, a stop on my book tour and we had stopped in Wilmington where my friend Becca's from on the way down to Lewis where the event was. And her mom told us to go to this amazing thrift store called Zeppelin and Zeppelin and the Unicorn, I believe. And I bought this amazing pitcher for eleven dollars. And it's like it's like a ceramic pitcher that's kind of this like cornflower blue color. With like a little bit of like a little like one strand of wheat painted on it. But the shape of it is like super like mid-century modern. Like Mm -hmm. I'm sure everybody's seen the pictures that are like big fish bowls with the little spout. Mm -hmm. This one's more like the shape of like a cartoon volcano. (laughs) And I'm obsessed with it. I saw it and I loved it so much that I was like, I have to carry this picture all the way to Delaware and then back to Brooklyn. Like that's how much I loved it. So yeah, that's the last amazing thing that i bought oh my gosh i feel like tour must bring all sorts of beautiful objects into your life i try and buy a record at every stop i make on book tour okay because so the rule when i travel internationally is i only buy something that will fit in the palm of my hand Mm. and then i have like a shelf in my house where like all those things live together because like we live in new york I don't know if we've talked about that yet, but we live in New York and um, space is very limited. Yes. Um, So that but like when I'm on the road in the States and in America, I try and buy like at least one record. Did my trip to Delaware? Did I end up getting six? I did. Sometimes (laughs) it happens. You find gold and you cannot leave it behind. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of my souvenir to myself when I travel. I buy myself vinyl. That's that's great. And what did you 
what was the, anything from the six you want to highlight? I got um, two Linda Ronstant records, oh, cool. a vintage Dolly Parton greatest hits, a Bob Dylan, um, a Chicks record, hmm. the Wide Open Spaces record, which was very incredible. And then I think I got a jo- another Johnny Cash. The problem with my Johnny Cash record collection is that I'm trying to get all of them and I have a lot of doubles, but it's always nice to have something <laughs> you know, something extra in case something happens. Yeah, no, it, it's um, it's insurance. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I picked up a couple fun books. Uh, one is a short story collection by Cleo Chiang uh, called Let's Go, Let's Go, Let's Go. Um, and these short stories, I don't know anything about them other than the first couple um, sentences, which because she's a fantastic writer. But there's like dating simulation, uncanny experiments in the Japanese mountains, a supernatural karaoke machine. Like these are just like the little bits of um, story that are talked about on the back of the book. So they sound sort of uh, magical realism. And I love uh, magical realism short stories. And then uh, Roxanne Gay has a um, imprint now and is releasing books now uh j vanessa lyons lush lives is one of the one of the first releases i believe and it's about an artist who inherits a new york city brownstone and uncovers a rare manuscript in the attic which you know like already i feel like you're winning the lottery if you are the type of person who could be inheriting a brownstone, but then to further find a rare manuscript in the attic, that seems like double winning. So I am very interested to see what else this book holds. It's very beautifully designed. I really like the um, the font on the cover. The, yeah, the cover design of this is incredible. It's also like this purpley lilac color, which is like the color of the season. Yeah. And yeah, I love the like, yeah, this is just a beautiful cover. I love book cover design. Oh, me too. Yeah. You must have had so much fun designing the cover of 50 Pies, 50 States. I feel like, um, I don't know if it was a blessing or a curse okay. that I used to be a designer for my editor and my publisher, but I was like very anal about everything. I had mm. such a vision in my head and yeah, I did have just so much fun like laying out a book. Yeah. I mean, when you were designing, when you were learning design, you were learning it towards fashion. Yeah. Uh, were you, were you ever thinking you might like be looking at it as part of book book design too? No, but I also feel like when you go to design school, there are all these like foundation classes, right, where you're thinking about design in like many different facets. Mm-hmm. And so, like, fat like fashion and the way like food looks or the way like a book is laid out, all kind of plays into each other like colors that you would find like nice next to each other or like shapes that you would think would work. Like it all kind of like plays together Mm -hmm. and like Christopher can attest to this, but I made a bunch of mood boards for the book and like the publisher was like, Whoa, why doesn't everybody else do this? Because like you really understand like what I was going for or like you understand things better because a lot of the time, like if it's a designer to a designer in words you can express to each other like what you're talking about but it's like if it's a designer to someone that doesn't work in design like visual aids are the best Mm -hmm. and there's nothing more fun than making a mood board i have to say that like from mood board to book like you see like of course is this the mood board for this book like that you would you would choose it you know from if it was a tiny like pixel along the thing because it (laughs) it just it, it really you know it was your vision from uh from the beginning I guess, you know, I should say that um, I worked with you on on bringing this book to publishers. Um, I was your agent at the time. And it was a great joy because this was just like pure fun. I love pie. And that was the way that we met was was you you had gotten a write up in Atlas Obscura. And I am obsessed with the television show Pushing Daisies. And I tried to decide how many Pushing Daisies references can one email to another human being hold, <laughs> especially when you're not sure that that person has seen that television Never show. enough. <laughs> Never enough. So basically, it's so funny, too, because Christopher Cold emailed me and I emailed him back because of the Pushing Daisies reference, because that's my most favorite show of all time. And... 
he almost didn't write me back because it went to a spam folder. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, there, so many things were working against it, but then it all came together and it was just smooth sailing from there. I mean, uh, finding your editor, I just, w- he seemed like the editor from the, from the very start. Um, and, but I would love to hear more before I came on the scene. Uh, the beginnings of this project, you know, at, at Pi 9 and 10, like, the, what were you thinking at that point? Truly, not a lot. <laughs> like, it sounds so silly, but, like, I purely started this project for myself, as selfish as that, as that sounds. But I just did it because it was something that I wanted to do. And it was also, like, for my friends. Like, they got to eat all the pie, which is, like, really fun. And, like, when I started the project, it was 50 pies, which when you really think about that, that's a whole lot of pie. That's basically a pie every week of the year. (laughs) And so I only really broke it up into three pies at a time. I only ever thought about my life that way. And I don't know if compartmentalization is good for you, but, like, in a pie project, it was. (laughs) And... Yeah, like it was so nice to like focus on a thing because I was working full time in fashion. It was so nice to like come home after a day of work and like just think about like if I was in Arkansas, like what kind of pie would it be? Because since I still had a very intense full time job, I only really did a pie a month Mm -hmm. and I was like going at my own pace and it was like very leisurely. But it was like so fun discovering like all these things about some states that I'd already been to and about states that I hadn't been to. Mm -hmm. And also getting to talk to my friends about all these like experiences, if they were the person that I was giving the pie to, that they might not have thought about in a really, really long time. You know, Mm. like the whole, I feel like everybody wants to talk about pie. Like if you mention pie, someone has like a nice story about it or even like a funny story about like a pie that's burnt at Thanksgiving or like a pie that fell on the ground or like, or they even have the op. They're like, oh, pie. I like cake more, and they like have like a different. Uh, yes, there's like good banter on that part too. Yeah. Which also, who likes cake more than pie? <laughs> anyway, that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, like I just like was doing this project like purely because I wanted to, mm-hmm. and like all the blessings that have come from it have been so wonderful. Just because I didn't expect any of it to happen. So it wasn't like you were thinking about this from the beginning, like this will, this is the way to launch me into the. No, (laughs) it was kind of like, yeah, I was kind of like, I think it'd be really fun to like make all these pies and like feed my friends and then also become like a better home baker. Yeah. Like it really wasn't like, I'm going to make a cookbook. Like, you know, when I was, when I was like at like pie 35, I was like, this would be really cool if it was a cookbook just so that I had it all in one place, you know, to like give to people because I've said this before where in handbags, I would design a handbag from conception and at the end of it, I could hold this handbag, right? Like I had a tangible object and when I bake a pie, like at the end of the dough and making the filling, like I'm holding a pie at the end of it and I'm handing it to someone else. Right. And then at the end of this project, now I have this book that's like all my thoughts and feelings in like one book like one tangible object that yeah it's just like kind of wild to think about Mm -hmm. you know and like also very special because like they're like people read a lot of like digital media and stuff but there really is nothing like holding a book and also like with cookbooks like you need to hold it like you need to like look at it and like even in designing of the book i was like i want there to be like a lot of margin space because like i write notes in my cookbook or like I'll write like a fun note where it's like I made this for a party and it absolutely sucked or something just to like <laughs> make future Stacy laugh. And so it's like, yeah, it's just really wonderful that at the end of this, I got the gift of being able to turn my project into a book. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful book. And and something that you you're sort of highlighting here is the dedication part, the part where you actually do talk about the person. Not only this isn't just you see the pie, you see the description of the pie and there it is like there's so many cookbooks are like that this has this one extra element where i mean it's something that i've always wondered from reading cookbooks is like who ate all this like yeah did you were you were you at home like making like five types of you know whatever this was and trying to find the right one or were you giving it to your friends and this actually like kind of answers that question which is really cool yeah and i feel like there's so many people that can teach you how to make pie 
Martha can teach you how to make pie. Ina can teach you how to make pie. Erin McDowell taught me how to make pie. Mm -hmm. The girls at 4 and 20 Blackbirds taught me how to make pie. Like, I wanted this book. Like, I am a home baker. You know, like, I don't really have a leg to stand on in the kitchen. But, like... (laughs) I knew that the important part of this was like the story of it all was like discovering something in my way, which happened to be a delicious way, which is pie. Talk to me a little bit about recipe testing when you're making, when you're becoming a home baker and like, did you ever, did you have things that were like, Whoa, that was, that did not work. (laughs) There were lots of pies that were disgusting. Um, So before I started the project, I actually baked my way through the 4 and 20 Blackbirds cookbook. Nice. Um, I was, you know, 25 in New York, which is kind of a terrible age to be in New York. Um, But I had gone through a rough spot and my best friend Patrick bought me the 4 and 20 Blackbirds cookbook. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to Julie and Julia it and bake my way through it. But before I could do that, I had to learn how to make pie crust, which I know is a thing that's like very intimidating for a lot of people. And there was a lot of bad pie crust where I was like, "Ooh, this is so tough. Ooh, this is disgusting. And it's like once I got that mastered, like everything else felt more achievable. Mm -hmm. And there was definitely some weird flavor pairings where I was like, "Ooh, this is not going to work. And things that changed from the original project to the cookbook. But yeah, in... At the end of the day, like, even bad pie is still good, you know? (laughs) Like, you can just, like, heat it up and put some ice cream on it, and a lot of your sins are covered. (laughs) I I was thinking about – I tried to to do a Julia and Julia as well um, with the Pie and Pastry Cookbook was the name of it. And it it starts with pie crust. Like, you make a bunch – it's like the Mr. Miyagi, like, wax on, wax off. It's like, if you want to make good pie – you're not going to do anything without right. making good crust first, which is, you know, a very like, of course, yeah, like that's not quite, <laughs> that's not quite insight, but it's. But I feel like also in the cookbook, I also say it's totally fine to use store bought. Yeah. You know, because it's one of those things where if it really stresses you out, don't do it. Like, why are you bringing more stress into your life over pie? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's so, so silly. And. Sandra Lee made an entire career out of making things semi-homemade. Yeah. And so, like, you're allowed to use a store-bought pie crust. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think that that is that's – a, that's, a nice, um, that's a nice energy to be bringing to the space because people get very serious about just shortening or just butter or all of the – all of those things. Yeah, do what you want. Like, <laughs> a, the police isn't going to come and get you. You know what I mean? Like, you do whatever you want. It's your kitchen. And it's like – that's how I kind of felt when I was, like, doing the pies for each state. Like, some people might not agree with what I did, but this is, like, my journey. Mm. And, like, if you don't agree, I'd love to know, like – what you would have done instead, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, this is, uh, it's been out for a bit now. Has Have people been sending you pictures of their, have they been trying the pies? Have you been seeing? Yeah, that's the part that's been the most, like, I feel like the perfect word is, like, tender. Like, it's so, it's so wild to have been making this thing in a vacuum. And it was already really crazy to see all the pies being made at the shoot for the cookbook. Mm-hmm. But then now that like actual people are making it, it's so, so special. Like this bookstore in Nashville, they had their cookbook club and it was based on my cookbook. Cookbook and, club. And like 12 people or however many ladies like that were in the cookbook club, like each made a pie. They each picked a state from the from the book and cooked it. Oh my god! And seeing all of them all together on the table like made me very emotional. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's so cool that like people like this and like that sounds so lame people like this but like you know that like people are like wow like that's i want to try making that even the like one of the ladies made um the cheer wine pulled pork pie with the fried hush puppies Mm -hmm. for north carolina and like she wrote me later and was like this cheer wine barbecue sauce is going to be my wheelhouse like forever because you might not make the whole pie again right but if you take like one element of it that you found like cool that maybe you'll use in a different way like that's also very special yeah it's just been so wonderful to see other people make the pies mm-hmm. or like other people make the pie and they're like oh man this is why she said to use like 
a larger pie pan or, you know, like it's like funny things. It's all been like very wholesome. You worked with your photo team really and really and worked on these photos. They're very, very, um, I don't know. They're very specific to this. It's not just a picture of pie. Like there's, there's stories behind every single one of these. I would love for you to share a few of the stories behind some of these pictures. So the crazy part about shooting 50 pies was in a lot of traditional cookbooks, like you don't have to have a photo for every single one. Um, like you don't need a photo of like, I don't know, like a beurre blanc, right? Like a sauce. But for the 50 pies, like everyone was so different. So it definitely needed a photo. And I couldn't be more thankful to Alana Hill, my photographer, Caitlin Hot Brown, my food stylist, and Maeve Sheridan, my prop stylist, because the four of us like bing bong together in the studio, of course, with like Nam and Catherine and stuff and Zach assisting. But like we had such a vision because shooting a round object like a pie over and over again can be quite boring. But we had... And I had this, like, I really wanted each photo to transport you to the state that you were looking at or the place that you were looking at. And you really need to do that in, like, lighting and props and all of this stuff. And we made all these, like, funny stories for each one. Like, we would be working on one while talking about the next one. And, for example, I'm also a Taylor Swift fan, so I love an Easter egg. And, um, like, for Kansas, for example, like, Kansas... I knew I wanted it to be like 5 p.m. It's like an early dinner. You've been working on the wheat fields. But I also wanted it to have like a nod to the Wizard of Oz. So the tablecloth in it is like small blue gingham, like Dorothy's dress. Mm. And then there's like two little salt and pepper shakers with like red tops, like her slippers. And there's like wheat in it that kind of like resembles like, oh, this is what is in the pie. And then... We made like an apple box look like the top of like a dining, like a kitchen table, mm-hmm. you know? And then for Singapore, I wanted it to look like a luxe bar a la Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. So it's like a fake marble top with like coupe glasses with champagne and like velvet chairs. And it was like all these little scenarios that we made that was like so fun because we got to talk about like how like for Mississippi, it was like a tailgate party and it's like the hood of a red truck and there's like solo cups on it. And I feel like that was like a part of the creative process that like I enjoyed so, so much. And I hope that like when people look at the book and they look at that state, they also feel that they might not, you know, know every nuanced detail the way that I do, but I hope that they like look at the photo and they're like, Whoa, like that, that does look like Arkansas. Like that does look like Alaska. And yeah, that's all I could ask for. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, these are, are so much fun. Can you tell the story of a couple more of these here? I've got the book in front of me now. Of course. Uh, anything that you w- wanted to can just flip through and tell sure. me about would be amazing. So let's see. I feel like the craziest one is definitely Nevada. Well, that's also the craziest pie. That is also the craziest pie because that pie is based on an all-you-can-eat buffet. So it's basically eight separate slices that have components of an all-you-can-eat buffet. And for Nevada, I wanted the photo to look like the casino floor at like 4 a.m. So I did have to ask my prop stylist assistant to specifically get Magnum condoms because I knew that they would be gold. And like there's like shrimp tails on the ground, like whiskey cups, shot glasses, poker chips, like nudie cards. Like it's like something where it's like, And the background of it looks like a carpet of a casino. Mm -hmm. So like that one's a pretty good one. And then let's see, what's another great one? Oh, Colorado is a really good one. So Colorado is a bison and cores stew pie. And basically I wanted it to look like you've been on the mountain all day snowboarding, but you're with all the, all the guys you've ever had a crush on and you're all drinking a (laughs) beer together. So there's just like light beers everywhere. Like, water stains on the table and like bottle caps and it's just like you know just vibes Mm -hmm. there's a lot of vibes in the book yeah i love that yeah so now that you're um on the other side of having made your cookbook how how is that affecting your reading of other cookbooks now i think i appreciate it so much more i already really appreciated cookbooks like i just loved it because it was not only 
that chef or that baker or that person telling a story, but also having to like recipe develop and do the shoot and everything. It's so, so much work. Like the book in total took like two years to put together. And I just like appreciate it so much more and like cannot stress the importance of like continuing to buy cookbooks because (laughs) like I like am always looking for like vintage cookbooks and new cookbooks because it's so fun to not only like discover something new about a person you don't know, but then also like make something that like maybe like they made in their kitchen and understand them at like a totally different level than just reading like an autobiography of a person, Mm. you know, like you get to eat, like you get to have like a whole different sense memory that's like attached to a book, which I think is very special. Well, I've never really thought about that. I mean, there's with fiction, your people you're left with like the, the after image of the plot Mm -hmm. or the emotion of, but you can actually be left with the leftover, true leftovers. True leftovers. Exactly. Like one of my favorite cookbooks is the back in the day bakery cookbook by Cheryl Day and Griffin Day. And like I went to college in Savannah, Georgia. And the last stop before I drove out of Savannah up to New York was at back in the day bakery. And Cheryl basically like fed me all through college. And she handed me like a box of like, my favorite chocolate chip cookies and all these other treats for me and Patrick to like eat on our way up to the city. And so like whenever I felt like really like lost in the sauce in New York, I would make Cheryl's chocolate chip cookies and it would like make me feel a little more tethered to something. And I feel like everybody has like that one cookbook or that one recipe and like to be able to then like, I don't know, like pass that on to someone else. Like that's so special, you know, like Cheryl made this recipe that was like her, her based on like her mom's chocolate chip cookie recipe that she sold in this bakery that so many people have eaten and to capture like a little bit of that magic and bring it home. Mm. Like that's, I think what makes cookbooks so special. Yeah. 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 I completely, I completely understand that. I got to visit the set a couple days and it was just very, very, I got to see it on the Las Vegas day actually. And, um, it was just so fascinating to me because like there was a literal kitchen in the room that there was like pies being pulled out of um, for the next shot. And I don't know, it's something that for some reason I never really thought about like the day to day of what making a cookbook must be like, because I don't know, they feel so finished and they feel so inevitable, but they don't, you know, like someone really worked hard on making that look amazing. It's so expensive to make a cookbook. You know, like shooting the cookbook, the food costs, like the food, hi- costs. The food costs, like hiring the team, yeah. like all of that stuff. It it truly takes so much work. So like the next time you like purchase a cookbook, like I hope you think about that, too. And like all the work that went into it and like just how special this thing is, you know? Yeah, like my shoot was a very long one. It was 17 days, which is a very long time. But you can only really shoot about like nine to 10 pies a day, nine to 10 shots a day, because you are baking and breaking down and setting up. And you know, it's a lot of work. It's very tiring. And I had another aspect of the shoot where I did like a lifestyle shot, like a lifestyle shoot, because Mm -hmm. I really wanted the pies to be in context for my friends to be included in the book, because they're such a big part of the book. And it gave you kind of like an idea of like who I was as a person or like why I even did this in the first place. And I also was like very adamant that I wanted like a school photo of like me and my team Mm. because I wanted people to, I wanted it. I knew I wanted it to be a full page in the book Mm -hmm. and I wanted everybody to acknowledge that like no man is an Island in this. Right. Like my name is on the cover, but without these people, Christopher included, (laughs) like this book wouldn't be the book, you know, like the amount of times Christopher had to be like, Stacy, stop lying on the ground and just crying and listening to Silver Springs by Fleetwood <laughs> Mac. Work on your manuscript. You know, like, and it's like, there, I wanted, yeah, just like the community to be involved. Yeah. yeah. This book was, you made this in alphabetical order. You made the pies yes. in alphabetical order. So that's not necessarily the best way to tackle the book. Is there a, a best few to start with? Do you think of like, oh, this would be the one to begin if you were like, I'm going to try. I'm, I don't, I've never baked pie before. I'm going to get into this with this book. That's so, yeah. I feel like the best place to start, honestly, like 
I think it'd be really fun if you did it where you just opened it on a random page and then mm. you bake that pie. Like kind of, you know how like if you pick somewhere to go on a road trip and you just like stick a thumbtack in it yeah. and you just like blindly look. Or you could start with Alabama. Yeah. Like Alabama is a pretty tame pie compared to the rest of them. Because, I mean, it is important to remember that you were also beginning-ish at the start of the book like, yes so you you got more did you do you feel like you got more complicated as you went on 100 <laughs> percent. and i think alabama i knew i wanted to keep it simple because it was pie number one and i was like kind of intimidated for what was going to come what's the alabama pie alabama is a peach and blackberry pie with a pecan crumble mm. um so very simple very very cheerful and it was so funny when i handed the book to who got alabama which is my buddy Adam, who I've been friends with since the second day of college. Mm-hmm. And now I'm we're going to be 35 this year. So that's a very, very long time. Um, when I handed him the book, he goes, wow. He looked at his page and went, I ate this pie seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I feel like that's kind of a nice place to start. Yeah. Because it's a single crust, a fruit filling, and a crumble topping. Very easy. Oh, and who can resist a crumble topping exactly it's always like oh is this a crumble topping on this yeah Ugh. so one of the, a couple of places that this has brought you to is the this silver screen uh oh, the silver screen <laughs> the, the, the world of television you've been on you've done some two morning shows cbs sunday morning and good morning america can you give us some fun behind the scenes stories how did those go so cbs sunday morning i did before the book came out yeah and it was so fun because i got to talk to khalifa sine which is a right who is a writer that um i have read a lot of his articles and like when he used to write for like pitchfork and like the new yorker and like it wasn't so much talking about the pie that was so cool on being on cbs sunday morning but it was about talking about all the midwest emo fans that i know that he knew about and like all this weird music and like that was so fun to like meet someone like through this thing and and then we got to shoot it in this like tiny little bookstore and it was like so yeah it was just really fun and Mm -hmm. it was like very simple pretty much like what we're doing right now it was just like two people talking in a room so i felt no pressure um for good morning america it was like much more of a production it was on the fourth of july and the funny thing is my publicist was like, have you ever done live TV before? And mm-hmm. I was like, no, Lauren, have you? <laughs> um, and, you know, we had like a little bit of a laugh about it. But I kind of walked into it and I wasn't nervous because it wasn't like they were like, you have to come on Good Morning America and talk about astrophysics. Yeah. You know, I got to talk about pie and like my book. So it's not like it wasn't anything foreign. It was so much fun. I will say... I am a girl that loves makeup, but boy, it was a lot of makeup for TV. <laughs> and I just kept sending my friends like gifts of Tr- Trixie Mattel, the drag queen, <laughs> because like that's how I felt. Like it just felt like so much makeup. And the thing with live TV, it goes so fast. It is so fast, but the rush you get is so awesome. And yeah, I had such a good time doing it. And I couldn't speak like higher to the team at mm-hmm. Good Morning America. Like, Everybody was so nice. Everybody was so fun. And I got to bring my best friend Lauren with me. And she has been, she grew up watching Good Morning America. So it was so, so special for her. Cool. And yeah, like that honestly had, might be like cooler for me than getting to do the show is that like I got to experience this with my best friend and I got to show her like another side of a thing that she loves so much. Like that I think was very special for me. And yeah, live TV is so fun. Like <laughs> I loved it. Like it was great. And it, I mean, it looked you looked very natural up there. I I you do three. I mean, the segment is great. If you want to um, check it out, I am gonna link it on the website somanydamnbooks.com. If you click on this episode, you'll see the link. Also, you can just Google, uh, and you'll find the clip very easily. But you make these three pies in like five seconds. Yes. Like you you quickly you're being moved through that. And you're moving them. I mean, like, they're they're the ones who are, like, catching up to you at some point. 
So it's one of those things where to prep for it, I did watch live food TV segments like game tape. (laughs) You know, I did play lots of sports in high school. Like I am a competitive person. So I was like, I want to know, like, how are you supposed to, you know, like, how are you supposed to prep for something like this? If, you know, none of your friends have done this before, like, how do you ask questions? So I was like, what if I just like watched other chefs that I know that have done this? And, you know, food on live TV is always a really funny thing because they expect you to do so many things in such a short time. Like I knew my segment was three to four minutes and I had to get through three pies. Like that's wild. (laughs) So like I had to be like, for this one, I'm only going to do the filling. And like for this one, we're just going to do the crumble. And like we didn't even assemble the last pie. I just like talked through it. But, like, it kind of doesn't matter. Like, people aren't there to learn how to make something. Right. That's not the reason. No, you're there to, to, like, put on a show. And I just really focused on, like, um, talking to the hosts and, like, talking about pie. And um, after the segment ended, a lot like, one of the anchors was still eating pie in, like, <laughs> the like the next few. And, like, yeah, it's it was just such a wonderful, fun experience that I would do again in a heartbeat. I mean, you can see the... the- when they take a bite of one of the pies, you see them like one of them, like, like take another really quick bite. Like, oh, yeah, this is really good. Like, <laughs> it's very sweet. You brought me the most fun book. Um, and it made me wonder, actually, before we get to it, what is your reading life like? What is your relationship to your book stack? Oh my gosh, I barely read if I'm going to be honest with you now, just because it's like everything in my life is so overstimulating that like it's been quite hard for me to sit down and read. And I'm also a person that doesn't read a lot of fiction. Mm -hmm. I read a lot of like autobiographies or like real stories or I really love like history books. Like Mm -hmm. one of the last books I read during the pandemic was called The Big Oyster. Oh, Mark Kulansky. Yeah, Mark Kulansky. And it was like all about like oyster farming, like in the city. And like, you know, like I thought that that was so cool. I am though reading a book right now and it is, um, I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy. (laughs) Um, and this was such a wonderful book for me because I don't talk to my mom Mm. like I have an estranged relationship with her. I haven't talked to my mom in probably it's going to be like 15 years, I think. Wow. Um, And we always had like a very contentious relationship. And so it was like it's been kind of wild to read a book about someone else's relationship with their mom. Mm -hmm. And like I've read a lot of articles about how like the hardest relationship, the hardest breakup you could ever go through is like with a parent that you feel is no longer serving you. Mm. And that's what I did with my mom. I broke up with my mom. Right. Um, But it's like fun to read about it in like a comedic way. Yeah. Because like, not that like I've made comedy about it, but like I look at it in a way where I might have lost my the relationship with the woman that brought me onto this planet but through my i guess like search for home that i found in america i've gained like 50 moms do you know what i mean it's like all of my friends moms have like taken me into their homes and yeah couldn't be more thankful yeah that's that's so sweet well i mean you also brought this book um carsick by john waters which I, this is my first book of his that i've read um and i don't know why it took me so long (laughs) what's your relationship to john waters i love john waters okay like i absolutely loved him which is so funny because i grew up very far away from baltimore (laughs) um in hong kong but i just love his like quick wit Mm -hmm. and the way he writes feels like you're talking to him or you're like you're listening to him talk and that's kind of similar to the way that I like to write it's like we're just buds having a conversation and so I've read almost every single thing that he's written and I've watched every single one of his movies I was telling Christopher that I went to his book signing for Carsick but my book had come but I forgot my book but I for some reason remembered my DVD of Crybaby. So he signed my Crybaby DVD, which so nice. I think is so much more special. And we have this photo together where I look like an absolute dweeb because I'm like <laughs> way too excited. But yeah, I just like love the way he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and it's so fun to be reading a book that like has a completely different relationship to America than your book does. Your book is a celebration and his is sort of a, I don't know, 
I don't know what his is. I mean, the first thing to to go into this book, um, if you don't know about what it's about, is it's literally John Waters was like, I want to write a book about if I hitchhiked across from Bar- Baltimore to San Francisco, and oh, he has homes in each in each of those states, so it's like going from one home to another home. Yes, and he breaks the book into three sections, which I think it's important to know before you pick it up that the first section is what if all I had the most magical time and had incredible magical rides and they're 13, I think, or 15 um, perfect scenarios. scenarios. If he just had the most magical time going from Baltimore to San Francisco. And then he's like, what if everything is a nightmare? And that's the middle third of the book. And then the final section is the true what actually happened. And it's so funny because it almost feels like a um like a anxiety exercise. Yes. Like, okay, this is what this is the worst that can happen. This is the best that can happen. It's not gonna be either one of these. It's gonna be somewhere in the middle and I can survive that. But you know how like everybody talks about how there's three sides to every story? Like their side, your side, and then the truth. Yes. And that's like kind of how this book is laid out and i feel like that's how everybody approaches like scenarios right they're like this is the worst that could happen this is the best that could happen and i felt like it's such a funny not like a choose your own adventure but you technically could skip to a section if you wanted to totally because they're pretty tight but it's like yeah it is just so smart Mm. yeah yeah i mean you it's funny how the one one of the things in the nightmare and the nightmare I have to admit the nightmare section is a true nightmare like it's actually horrifying some of the things that happen and one of the things that like clearly scares him and it's something that you might not necessarily think about is like what if I have a sustained in- injury like something that's not just like oh I like hurt my leg a little bit but something that's like making me feel bad for longer than just like the the injury itself yep which is I don't know like I can see how that would you know as a as a sixty year old man I don't I think... he's sixty six in the book I think yeah when he's like on the trip yes so I can see why that would be a terrifying thing right like you're he put himself in like a vulnerable situation that would be a vulnerable situation for anybody at any age but for someone that is older and also someone that has like notoriety you know like some people know him some people don't if you're not into like you know cult classic movies or whatever but like i guess hairspray is mainstream now yeah but um like he's putting himself as like you know an outwardly gay man going on a road trip where he has to like go through basically all of america where you don't know how people might feel about you Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and like yeah it's just so interesting too and i picked it up not only because like I love John Waters, but also like I'm fascinated with like going on road trips in America. I mean, yeah. I, I made a whole cookbook about it, but like <laughs> how interesting it is where it could technically be like 50 different countries because it's so different. Like the landscape, the people, the food, like he has two houses, right? Like one in Baltimore and one in San Francisco. Like those are two vastly different places and he has homes in both. Like that's kind of wild. Yeah. Well, having two homes at all. It sounds wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that like? I know. It's two renters in the city. It's wild. (laughs) It's funny because you've sort of now put yourself on like permanent road trip with, or at least for a while as, as you're touring this book around is, is, has it been um, dreamy to, to be road tripping? I think what's been really fun for me is all my friends have been like, can we come with you on one stop? Or like, can we do something like one of the stops with you, like for the ones that were in Boston and DC, I got to, I got to take like three of my best girlfriends with me, Lauren, Jenny and Rachel. And we had so much fun, like staying in hotels and like meeting people like on the road and like getting to be able to like do that with them is so special. Or like I went to Delaware with my friend Becca and like my buddy Adam just came with me to my event at Asbury park. And I feel like at the end of it, like I really want to get I really want to make a shirt that says like I went on the 50 pies book tour as emotional support. And all I got was this fucking shirt. (laughs) Like, I just think like that would be really funny. And 
I couldn't imagine like doing, I will have to do some legs of the tour alone Mm -hmm. and it just like feels so crazy to me. But also I've told people that I'm going on this one and they're like, Oh, we could maybe come, (laughs) you know? And like, that's like the fun part about it is like getting to like involve my friends in it or like getting to spread the wealth a little bit. It seems like the, con- I mean, for, it's amazing how many connections you have to people. <laughs> I mean, like to, to have 50 people that you could give pies to is, you know, an achievement in itself. Right. So, like, I think that that stands a, um, as a testament to your uh, personality as an Thank extroverted <laughs> person. that can. I am an introvert with extroverted tendencies. Right. I need about like three days alone, like <laughs> after each event, you know, like a little bit of space. But basically like. I feel like as a friend, like, I just want everybody to feel, like, as special as possible at all times. Mm-hmm. Or, like, that's, like, what I aim to do as a person is make you feel as special or, like, as, like, I'm focused on you right now and this is, like, our time together. Yes. And, yeah, that's just all I ever aim to do. And I'm glad that, like, for my friends, like, I got to do it while we also were on the road and, mm-hmm. like, you know, hawking books. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when- Thing in Karsik that I really loved um, was he's always in in every ride he tries to make mention of a song. There's yes. always a song that's involved, and there's a great um, someone has made done the legwork for you for on Spotify and made that all into a Spotify playlist. And it's so fun. There's so much great music in this, and it's all fun um, like novelty '60s, which is very much. John Waters and I are right on um, the same wavelength there, but uh, it's something that's in your book too. Mm-hmm. Is there's all all you're always talking about the song from the place or like the the memory, right? And I think that is that was that resonating with you while you were thinking about this book again? One hundred percent, because it's like. I was like, that's so smart because like for me, I'm a person that like ties a song to every single scenario or situation that has happened in my life. Mm -hmm. And like there is in the book, in my cookbook, like there is a lot of like songs that like are mentioned in like each state or like songs that I listen to a lot. Like I listen to during the writing of the book, I probably listen to Waxahachie's St. Cloud like 1,300 and I mean it was to the point where in my Spotify wrap up I was in the like you are in her like 0.01% of biggest fans I was like I know (laughs) um but yeah like I feel like people especially like if you're someone that like goes on a lot of road trips or someone that travels a lot like you're listening to a lot of music Mm -hmm. and that like kind of inspires like how you're gonna feel or like what scenario you're walking into so I saw his like influence music in his life and i was like wow that's also the same as mine so like when i was writing the book i was like i knew this is something important that i should include yeah yeah and and i need you to make now the spot i <laughs> someone needs to do the legwork now from the cookbook and find all the songs that you that mentioned i mentioned oh my god and yeah make, and make the playlist because i was like surely this already exists and it doesn't yet no so come on folks i know there is an in- there is a very good index. My indexer was very wonderful in indexing <laughs> my cookbook to the point where every dog that I mentioned in mm. the book in the index will say like for example Bo Obama brackets dog. <laughs> and like I got such a good chuckle because I love dogs and I love a lot of my friends dogs. Um the Colorado pie I actually made one for my friend's dog that they got in Colorado, Jack Dog. And so Jack Dog is in the book and it says like Jack Dog brackets dog. <laughs> Did you put the dog recipe version in the um in the cookbook? He got the as same well? one. Oh, he got, he the got same to eat one. the bison pie. Oh yeah. wow. Wow, what a lucky dog. Uh well, I, I was gonna use that as like maybe you should do a dog recipe book next. But have you I mean you don't have to answer this. You can skip over. But I'm curious, what's next? What's what is on the horizon? More road trips. Obviously. More road trips. I don't know what's next. I feel it's one of those things where I'm kind of really enjoying this book right now and like getting to enjoy like the fruits of my labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of this book, I now have a dog. Um, so my gift to myself when I handed in my manuscript was I adopted a dog. It ended up being four months before I finished, but you know, time, <laughs> love and time waits for no one. Yeah. And, um, dogs yeah. wait for no one. Dog waits for no one. And, um, yeah, I don't know what's next. 
I have some ideas of what I would like to do. Pi, of course, will be involved. Mm -hmm. But so you're not you still you're you're still believing in the power of pie. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. I still love pie. I still think about pie constantly. Mm -hmm. And like. But the beauty of pie is that like it can be savory or sweet. Mm -hmm. So it can be whatever you want it to be, really. Yeah. It's just in a shell. It's just in a shell. (laughs) Yeah. Just like us. (laughs) Well. Before we head off into that good pie yonder, it's recommendation time. Uh, would you like to recommend anything to the listeners? Oh, man. Hmm. I can recommend things first if you, yeah, want, you, go if first. you need some time. You go first. I'm going to think you think. Okay. So we were talking music. I'm going to recommend a song which I, has been on repeat since it came out. Um, I am an enormous Carly Rae Jepsen fan. I love all of her. her she just released a new um, B-side album from um, her album The Loneliest Time This is the Loveliest Time is the B-side and there's this fantastic song called Psychedelic Switch um, which is a great song to add to any of your running playlists it's just a good four on the floor like really good bass almost like um, Justice or um, Inspired you know really really fun song and then this book, um, actually, old co-host of this show, Drew, I was lamenting about a few duds in a row, and he was like, I've got a book that w- will break your slump. Um, and it was called There Is No Anti-Memetics Division. Oh. And the author is anonymous. He goes by the name, I don't know how actually anonymous he is, not very, but he goes by the initials QNTM, and you can only buy the book on demand. But it is a bizarre book where um, the idea of an anti-meme is the idea of like ideas that you don't want to share. Like if you like a password is a perfect example. Oh. Like it's something that you were trying to keep to yourself. And so this is a world of people that are trying to keep ideas, um, harmful ideas from getting out into the world. It's very strange sort of X-Filesy, um, interesting puzzle and uh, yeah, I highly recommend there is no anti-memetics division. Interesting. Okay. Stacey, do you have? Yeah, I have two things now. Okay. <laughs> uh, the first thing is I'll do music too. And so I have really been loving Sierra Farrell. Um, if you like women in country, which I love women mm. in country, I would give her album a listen. I would start with In Dreams. It's just the most beautiful, beautiful song. And she's got like... The most wonderful, like, kind of raspy voice. Oh, I love it's that. It's great. She also has really great fashion sense. And mm. she's a great follow on Instagram. And um, I think the second thing I would love to recommend is for you to check out the... I guess he's, like, a graphic designer and printmaker, um, Ryan Dugan. He makes these amazing, like, a lot of, like, gig posters. Another thing that I do is I collect, like, hand screen printed posters from, like, shows that I go to or, like, events... Um, I have like a very thick file of like prints that I've collected that I don't have frames for that hopefully in the brownstone that I'm manifesting that I buy, (laughs) I can hang all over the walls. But um, Ryan has this series of prints where it's like a beautiful scenery, like it'll be like an amusement park or like a seaside, but there'll be a dog pooping (laughs) in the corner. So like I have one that's like looks like the beautiful, like kind of like the Grand Canyon, like Arizona vibes, but there's like a little dog pooping in the corner. <laughs> and he also made one of the f- my most favorite prints that I've ever seen in my life. My friend Flannery actually has like a misprint that Ryan sent him because like it sold out so fast. But it's an illustration of two guys in a canoe. Mm. And underneath it in quotation marks, it just says, finally, some fucking peace and quiet. <laughs> and it's just like the most smart, wonderful design. And yeah, Ryan Dugan, check it out. Nice. Well, Stacy, it has been an absolute joy to have you over to the damn library. Thank you so much for your book. And the final recommendation, and it's very easy, is to go buy 50 Pies, 50 States. You will absolutely find some recipe in here that will delight you because there's just so many unexpected combinations and some fully expected ones that you still put your own spin on. 
they're they're really wonderful so thank you so much for sharing this book with the world thank you it's been so fun to be here and it's been so fun to get to like bring this book into the world and for you for me to meet you through the process of this like we would have never met if i didn't start this project and i couldn't be more thankful that (laughs) pi brought us together pi brought us together yeah pi and our love of lee pace (laughs) (laughs) six foot five actor lee pace (laughs) that man yeah (laughs) thank you christopher thank you stacy 